0: Hello, welcome to Chili Grits podcast. I'm so excited to be here today. My name is Reverend Monika Bowman. And
1: I'm Dr. Aisha Francis.
0: And this is our very first episode of Chili Chili Grits Grits Podcast. Podcast. (laughs) And we're elated because Chili Grits Podcast for us, it's really about where Southern sayings lead to the foundation of success. And we both moved here from the South and know a little bit about how Southern sayings shaped our lives and how it has influenced us.
1: So moving to the hub and trying to keep that bit of our southern selves alive, uh, it's one of the things that has kept our friendship together. And so we thought we'd share a bit of that with you.
0: So Aisha, how did we meet? Let's tell the people how it happened. <laughs>
1: yes. Well, we met through friends. We did. We met through mutual friends, Simone Monique Barnes. Shout out to Simone. Hey, Simone. <laughs> Who had uh, like a, a brunch. I think she had a brunch. It was. It was Monte Gras. A, it, yes. It for her, birth- Gras. her birthday. Yes. So, uh, Simone is a mistress of ceremony and celebration and uh, has a February birthday and has quite the fun uh, way of really celebrating that. So we were both invited to a brunch that she held at her house. And one of the centerpieces of that brunch was... Cheese grits.
0: It was cheese <laughs> grits. It absolutely was. Yes. Yeah. And then you got married how many days? A week later?
1: Uh, actually, the the month later. So our anniversary is March 28th, and that okay. was in February. So, yeah, a later... That, uh, later. Uh, a little bit later that spring.
0: Full disclosure: I'm still all in my feelings that I didn't get invited to the <laughs> wedding, despite the fact we only met like a month beforehand. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> you know, we've we've made up
0: for that. Yes, right yes, then. we have. We've s- we gotten past it. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, yeah. So then after after meeting then, and after kind of we got back uh, from honeymooning and all that, I think we reached out and, and had like a couples meet up here in Cambridge. We did. We on did. Street. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and the 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 rest is history. So that was in two thousand nine.
0: Yeah, and we have gone through all of life's ups and downs and everything (laughs) in between, Um, had babies at the same time, Mm -hmm. and our children are really close to each other, and it's just been a beautiful friendship um, along the way, and we've just grown and evolved with each other, so I'm really grateful for our friendship, and I'm grateful for us coming together to create Chili Grits Podcast.
1: Yes, which is something we've talked about and toyed with often on in various forms we've talked about maybe we should write a book maybe a, it would be an article yes. and this just seems like something that we could dive in on so we're going to see where this goes yes um, the book will come later yes <laughs> yeah but the point <laughs> is you know we're really excited about sharing a bit of ourselves and learning more about our own southern experiences which are very different y'all so let's okay. kind of dive into that so Monika where are you from?
0: I am from late Charles Louisiana on the bayou um grew up there and it really has shaped um, a lot of who I am and um, for those people that's watching in Cambridge or know me from Cambridge know that you know the people in North Cambridge know that every time Mardi Gras season comes around, that Mardi Gras flag is out and it's flying the whole time.
1: <laughs> you for
0: that. Yeah, so I bring that part of myself with me um, because I really believe Louisiana is a very special place and, you know, every place has issues, but it definitely shaped me and who I am. So Aisha, what part of the South are you from?
1: I am from the Mid-South. I was born in
0: Atlanta and uh, around
1: age seven moved to Nashville, which is where I was raised and where I lived until I moved to Boston in 2005. And so my Mid-South experience, like you, really is a core part of of me. And I have this tea towel that says, I don't care where we are geographically. I mean, it says something much more succinct than that. But basically, I don't care where we are. It's the South in my house. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really how I... Um, That's just the spirit that I try to bring with me in terms of hospitality and always wanting to remember that warmth uh, that I grew up with. So um, my family on my mom's side is from Nashville as far back as we can trace. And that just means so much to me in Mm -hmm. terms of knowing that rootedness. And I do feel a very uh, real tangible sense of ownership of uh, what Middle Tennessee is today and you know the Franklin area Nashville um, you know Madison Hendersonville those parts uh Gallatin th- those are where my people are from and where they've been from Uh, The the farthest back that we can record is 1832, uh, and Tennessee was established in 1799. So you know, I feel like I'm a Tennessean in my soul, and um, I'm a Bostonian by choice, but Mm -hmm. I'm definitely a Southerner by birth.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. So you know, Aisha has done a lot of work to trace her genealogy, which I think is really inspiring. And um, I can only go back maybe three generations. Um, My husband, his family can track back really far. Mm -hmm. But between him and Aisha, it really has inspired me to, you know, take some time to actually explore that part of myself. And, you know, what's interesting for me, um, Aisha, is, you know, we are here now, we made that choice, but we are a part of a long lineage and group of people over um, history when it comes to African Americans that move from the south to the north north for various reasons mm-hmm. um, and so it's going to be really nice as we talk about um, what are those southern sayings those pearls of wisdom that, people from the South took with them and made and created a life for themselves here in the Northeast. So I feel like it's a privilege to be a part of that legacy and that history in a different way, in a 21st century way, that yes,
1: is. Yes, so regionalisms are real, I think. Yes. And I think it's gonna be fun exploring the extent to which we can claim some of these sayings as Southern sayings or not. And so that's a yes, whole different thing. Both yes, both are true. Yes, that's a whole different <laughs> thing. So I claim anything I learned is Southern because I grew up in the South Is sometimes Folks are like, wait, I'm from New York, and I say that, too. So yes. does that make it a Southern saying or not? I don't know. We're going to interrogate It's all Southern of that. to us. It's Southern <laughs> to me in yes. my frame of mind. We're, remember what we said. You know, wherever I am, it's the South. So, Indeed. Uh, so we're bringing that up today. So should we get into the saying for today? Well, let's
0: get into it. So, Aisha, what is the Southern saying that we are going to dive into today?
1: The Southern saying today is... You catch more flies with honey than you do with
0: vinegar. Mm, yes. Okay, so tell me more about this phrase and how it has influenced you, maybe a little bit of history
1: where it came from. Okay, so, you know... A month ago, if you asked me where it came from, I would say, I got it from my mama, right? <laughs> <laughs> who says this a lot. And um, it's just one of the things that I remember her sharing with me in terms of problem solving and how to influence, how to win friends and influence people, mm. right? That whole Dale Carnegie approach. And Dale Carnegie is someone who her father, my grandfather, actually admired. And I remember him having that a copy of that book. And so I think it was just kind of part of the ethos of my family, as I think back on it, that that there's multiple ways to approach any kind of situation, but being being nasty about it isn't usually going to get you as far. And so my mom would always say, you know, you can catch more flies with honey than, than you can with vinegar. Remember that in terms of how you treat people, how you approach challenges, how we treat each other yeah. in this household. You know, yeah. it was like you're not going to... Uh, you know, we shouldn't be treating people outside the house better than we treat ourselves. That's um, true. And just to always think about that, that you know, sense of um, respecting each other. So when doing some research, a little bit of, of diving into the etymology of the phrase, uh, I thought it was really interesting that one of the earliest recorded uses of the phrase has nothing to do with the South at all, but it's actually in poor Richard's almanac which everybody will uh, know is you know uh, put together by Benjamin Franklin. And it appeared there in 1744 and it was written Tart words make no friends. Spoonful of honey will catch more flies than gallon of vinegar. And it's just I think so fitting that when we were putting together the order of our sayings, this one was first and then we did the etymology piece later and to have this Benjamin Franklin connection because I lead Benjamin Franklin Cummings Institute of Technology. I just think, you know, that, that kind of, um, kismet and coming together is in at least in my southern tradition one of these things where like this was meant to happen. Indeed, you know, indeed. we should this this is exactly we're doing what we should be doing exactly when we should be doing
0: it. Are we? We the spirit is at work. Exactly. Yes, Everything yes, is aligned. Yes. Things are aligned. That's the Reverend um, Bowman in me, right? That's the Reverend Bowman <laughs> in you.
1: And so I think that um, the point is, and we can talk about politeness in these things, but the point is in my house. You know, being polite ruled the day. And this is just another way to say being rude about something isn't going to usually get you what you want. So you might as well think about a different way to approach it. So how, um, you know, how did this saying come up in your upbringing, if at all?
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The saying was there. But the one time I really distinctively remember someone saying it to me um, was actually when I was in Atlanta in graduate school, and there was this situation, and I was I was upset, and I was like, "I am going to tell this person." <laughs> you, make a, you made a plan for telling I was them like, all. yes. And this person just like politely just touched me and said the same. and um, it made me pause. But that's the like the one time I rem- distinctly remember. Um, internalizing it, mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting for me. So, Aisha, you know that like I am a staunch womanist, like feminist at heart, and um, you know the beauty of. Be- I love the South, and I I actually love what the North has done for me as it relates to being able to lean into that part of who I am as a womanist and as a feminist that, um, for whatever reasons, I, I didn't have the space to do so, or maybe I was so young I didn't have the agency to do so when I did live in the South. But for me, that phrase and that moment helped me to to just calm myself a bit <laughs> <laughs> before I went off. <laughs> you know. But then as I, um, as I lived with it a little bit more, I started to realize that, for me, everything is in context, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, that phrase, I believe, lives in, um, in context in the moment. And for myself, I give myself permission to use it as a tool when needed um, because there are moments when um, sometimes the vinegar may be a bit more effective, <laughs> honey. And that's just real talk. Um, And so really being able to have the ability to move back and forth. um, That is what I have given myself permission to do, particularly with that particular phrase. And it definitely sticks with me because I remember that moment when the gentleman just just gently touched me and said the words and it it reoriented me with the situation.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you're touching on something there, which is this expectation perhaps that we bring the kinder gentler softer self no matter what the The circumstances yeah and i do believe to your point there are moments when you need to bring out the sharp elbows and you know that i think has been because part of what we wanted to talk about too um in this format is how have these sayings really animated our leadership journeys yes and you know I do think that uh over time I have learned to be more direct. Mm. I think that leaning on you can catch more flies and uh with, with honey than you can with vinegar for me kind of turned into in some ways a, a type of indirect um Approach to conflict and confrontation yeah. that ultimately sometimes ends up making things that could be a short direct conversation mm. just take too long. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I can see that. You know, still learn to say no with a smile. Yeah. Um. And so that's been my shorthand for saying, look, I I can still embody that ethos of respect and, um, being polite but there's this whole difference between you know I don't know, there I think there's a trap sometimes around being polite and kind and absolutely. nice that burdens women um and maybe it burdens southerners in some ways that yeah. are, aren't productive when it comes to calling a spade a spade
0: yeah no absolutely and I think um being able to have nuance and recognize the difference, but still be able to value the the pearl of wisdom, which it is a pearl of wisdom, I think has been really crucial and critical for me. And when I think about the honey, you know, pulling in the flies, I think about that as a leader myself. It's really, for me, it's about um, honey is sweet and um, it naturally brings people and insects and things to it, right? Um, and and people like sweetness. It's There's no way to get yep. around that. Um, America's Wastelines um, tells that story, quite frankly, is a struggle, yep. right? Um, and for me, what that represents is whatever environment that I'm in, no matter what the circumstance no matter um, the the individual or the dynamic in which we're working through there's something sweet there right and as a leader I believe it is my responsibility even when it's tough to be able to identify what is sweet in a moment hmm. and for me that is a that's a That's a skill set that you need to develop because when you're in complex situations, it's very hard sometimes to find things that are sweet. And, you know, Aisha, you know, leading here in Cambridge during the absolute worst of COVID as an elected official, it was very difficult to find sweetness in a time that was just hard for all parties involved but in order for myself in that context as well as other leadership roles that i've been in to really be able to connect with individuals um just at a human level is to find the things that make them great Mm -hmm. that makes them shine and what's sweet about them and so that's how i tend to embody that phrase. Um, so for me, that's that's not necessarily showing up and being, quote unquote, sweet all the time. But being able to recognize that in other people, I think creates an environment that then allow people to work together in a different way.
1: No, I love that. And, and uh, listening to you talk, it reminded me of the fact that often in negotiations and contract negotiations, there is this phrase of a sweetener mm. you know that's something that makes the difficult part of the 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 negotiation uh palatable to the yeah. other party and and the other um concept or kind of ceremonial sweetness i was thinking of or, you know the you'll know this as a as a minister but the there's that ceremony. It's uh, a way of doing a christening or a blessing where you have the salt, the pepper, the vinegar, oh, and yeah. the honey. Yeah, the, yeah. the tastings yeah, that you yeah. give, because you know the reality is that as as, as sweet as we want to be, there's always some vinegar in life.
0: It all yeah, and sometimes that sweetness for for one party is straight up vinegar for, <laughs> for another. another. I know. <laughs> and you just gotta swallow it, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just you gotta yeah. learn to, to coexist. But
1: that being said, I love the saying. Um, I definitely always reminds me of my mom, Judy Francis, who um, really, you know, growing up, I, I feel like she said that to me, you know, on a weekly or monthly basis, just as a, a way to to think about, you know, how to, how to kind of move through life. So,
0: yes. And so how, like, has there been a particular moment where, um, since you've been here in Boston, where that phrase just like popped into your mind in a leadership moment? or helped you work through a leadership moment.
1: Yeah, I mean it it really does embody how I lead. I mean, I just um I I think very um carefully about word choice. Mm. Uh, I'm English literature major and I I think that words are something you cannot take back. And um where where I have evolved is less focused on, you know, the 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 nice um polite stuff and more on almost the accuracy, the truth. Right? So how do you how do you get to the truth in a way that doesn't cut people? Yeah. Down. Yeah, yeah. You know, um and and I think, you know, I am always trying to balance um information that needs to be shared, messages that people I think leadership I read somewhere, something like, um getting across messages that people don't want to hear Mm -hmm. and yet have to adjust to. And so in my experience, doing that in a way that is kind, you know, doesn't mean you're always, you know, sweet, sappy, saccharine, has gotten me further. And then on the flip side, you might have seen that T-shirt. That, well, there's a lot of saying, statement T-shirts out. But one of them says, I don't chase, I attract.
0: Mm, okay, okay. I like it.
1: And, you know, honey does attract. attract it, does, honey it does, it attract. does, it And, does. Attract. It and does. so I think there's something about that way of um of being not in a you know not in the couple sense but just in the in the sense of of, of life and thinking about who who do I want to surround myself with. Yeah. Like I don't you know if you're sour
0: mm. on, on
1: life yeah <laughs> just in general or sour on most situations, a glass half empty type of person, yeah. That's just not my vibe. Yeah. Um, and you could call it reality or you know there's a whole strain of thought now about Afro pessimism and all of these things. That's the value I think that's yeah. a, a valid way of, of life is a valid orientation. And, you know, goodness knows there's there's enough evidence in the world for that to kind of be yeah. um, a reasonable way of thinking. I just it it's not it's not that's not my cloak to put on. You yeah. know, when I try to put that cloak on, it doesn't feel comfortable for me. And so I do think that, you know, whether it's nature or nurture, because yeah. I was definitely nurtured to yep. to go in the um you know, the, the honey versus the vinegar kind of, um, mindset or, or framing, um, it's just in me, it's ingrained. So it's, it's there, but you know, I do say that to say that, um, I think the flip side of that or the downside is if, if I do get to the point where I feel like I'm in a vinegar space, Mm. uh, I'm thinking very, very, um, deeply about, who put me there and why? Mm, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Because it's, it's just not, it's not a, um, it, it's not often that I can't see my way through something from the perspective of the sweetness of life. And so... You know, those are that's a red flag moment for me to say, yeah. whoa, you know, what is this that I've stepped into? Yeah. So it's almost like a litmus test, I, I, I think, in terms of, you know, who I'm dealing with, the situations that I'm dealing with, partnerships that we're considering. And um, it's 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 something that it's more of a of a of a feeling or a way that I'm vetting experiences, yeah, you know, through. And so that's that's how it shows up
0: in in my daily work. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Aisha, for me, um, you know, we we have different leadership (laughs) paths, right? And, um, you know, working in the public sphere for a while, and I've worked on a lot of different campaigns, I've been all in the political world, um, that space, it's it's designed for conflict, right? Mm -hmm. And so the ability to find sweetness, even you know, with the person that you're going against, you can't do that publicly. You can, but like the way in which these systems are set up, uh, um, it's like you may be giving in to something, right? Mm-hmm. If you then decide to, sh- um, you know, publicly, (laughs) that is show sweetness or whatever that is um, to to, um, another individual. At least that is what politics has evolved into. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Not something that I like per se, but that's that's the culture that I'm trying to articulate. So I just, I think that is interesting to how do you then manifest um, this concept when depending on the circumstance or the professional um, space that you're in, it lends to an environment that's counter to, um, you know, using the honey to bring the flies in. I think you can still hold on to that person and who you are, but I think that there are certain situations where it's just, it may be complex. And I also think particularly as, um, People, you know, at, we're of African American descent, but anyone that's a part of a um, underrepresented class or who has experienced struggle, you know, being able to find honey when oh my god, you get so much vinegar in life, is mm-hmm. <laughs> just it's hard, and it show and it it manifests in how you then interact with situations. So I think the saying and being passed down, um, maybe it was an aspiration. You know, oh, interesting. You know yeah. for us, because we've gotten so much vinegar in life, quite mm-hmm. frankly, that learning how to live in a world where you can use the sweetness, um, which is from my vantage point, point, is our God-given humanity, because everything that God made has beauty in it. Um, and there's other stuff, but we're going to focus on the beauty right now. Yes. You know, <laughs> being able to hold on to that, you right. know, I think is key.
1: I think... Um, I agree with you and I and I believe that if I think about myself, you know, in the in, in put myself in my mother's shoes around the time that she was using this phrase with me, right? Mm. Which would kind of be where I am in life now, you know, it was a um, single mom, you know, raising raising me uh, with a lot of support from my maternal grandparents. And my mother worked in customer service. She was a, a adjuster uh, and a manager at Allstate. I think a lot of that came from the customer service experience, which is, you know, here I am on the other side of a receiving end of a lot of vitriol all day long. Yeah. And yep. the folks that, not that she didn't go the extra mile for, for all of her clients and customers, but the people who really got the extra mile were the people who were nice yes, and the people who were, who were respectful. Yeah. And and I think, you know, today, fast forward, the, con- the the most recent context that I remember her bringing the phrase up again and again was in the context of a customer service um, exchange mm. that she was having, she was, where she was tempted to just, you know, let somebody have it. And she was telling herself, but you know what, I you get more, fly, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar, right? Yep, yep. Like, yep. Yeah. That's right. Yep. You know, so it's more of a way to check ourselves yeah. when we're feeling ourselves get to a, a tipping point or a boiling yeah. point, and I think you know at the kind of a, um, you know a, a, a micro level, um, it's a, an example of how this was really coming up
0: in in daily life. Yeah. So, so when I hear I hear grace, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a phrase that reminds us to rec- to give people grace. It's a phrase that allows us to recognize the humanity in other people and in ourselves.
1: Whether or not it's a vinegar situation or a happy situation. Yeah, yeah. No.
0: and as an adult, um, Learning how to be able to manage vinegar <laughs> or yeah, vinegar situations—that's like, a, a growing edge for that me. That is, you know, that's that's you know, sometimes you just gotta like just just taste a little bit of honey to remind you. Yes, <laughs> that there's something on the other end. There is something on the, on the end. Um, well, I think this has been a great first episode of chili grits we podcast did we did yeah. one in the books y'all exactly. <laughs> can i say y'all yes, yes all right i'm course. saying y'all okay. i'm reclaiming y'all yes. seriously i let it go you know
1: you, i've been hearing it a lot more you know why because one of the um well we can talk about this on another another episode i'm not going to give us into a, a divert um into a whole different thing but it's it's like gender neutral Oh, and it's, okay. And it's very inclusive. And it so is. it actually ends up on lists of ways to talk um, about groups of people in, in uh, gender neutral ways. So you can say folks, you can say y'all. I love so it. So a lot more y'all I've been
0: hearing All these right.
1: days from people who are not Southerners.
0: All right. Well, let's, let's do it. Yes. All right, y'all. All right. <laughs> well, this has been wonderful. And we hope that you join us again for our next episode of... Chili Grits Grits Podcast (laughs)